Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. We got TikTok Tyler on the boards. How's everybody doing today? Great. It is a lovely rainy week here on Camp Week. (laughs) Yeah. Heck yeah. Every single day. Yeah. There might not be much pool time this week. I know. That's that's really cramping my second favorite holiday. (laughs) Camp Week. Michael is at Camp Lake Stevens in Oxford, Mississippi for the week. He's down there getting his kayak on. What are, what are they doing, Jill? You know, I don't know what they're going to do this week. Normally, they would go uh, swimming in, and kayaking and sit inside and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, <laughs> eat, eat s'mores <laughs> in the microwave or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be no building no fire. Uh-uh. That would suck going to camp and rains all week. I know. I should have sent him with some like Uno cards or something yeah. just in case. You sent him with a football, didn't you? I did send him with the football. He loves throwing the football. Um, Palmer home. We're going to talk about that real quick. I just made a big post on Facebook, but we've set a date for our VIP class. The top five fundraisers that help us raise $20,000 for the Palmer home will receive two tickets to a VIP event. Experience. Experience. On November. Um, That's before hunting season, right? It is before hunt season. November 13th. Good. It'll be a red carpet, roll out the red carpet type of event. We're going to have to postpone that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. minute. You can't schedule. You're locked into this one. You know when hunt season hits. I Um, verified all this. Either that or everybody just got to stay real quiet for (laughs) for six hours of the day. We're going to do this at Cenotopia. It's a VIP experience. You guys are going to come sit out in the freezer. (laughs) Um. So this week, or actually it was last week, on Friday, you cooked a prime rib to take to fish camp? I did. We, well, we went on a little fishing trip on the, on the White River, Calico Rock, Arkansas. We went trout fishing with uh, Waylon and some of his old work buddies. Actually, one of my bosses, former boss, Cliff Jackson. He'd retired, but uh, it was a bunch of older guys and a couple of younger guys, and me and Waylon and Michael, and we caught the ton of, cra- uh, of uh, trout. So it was a good... It was a great fishing trip. Cooked a whole ribeye and took down there. We ate on that for two days and I cooked, smoked some bologna. Took that and they made some peach pie. They made a, Jimmy made a Myra Mixon's recipe for peach pie. uh, It's peach baked beans and they were good. Real good. You know, I've done apple pie baked beans. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I think he used like a peach nectar and then maybe chopped up some canned peaches or something and put in there. But it was a really good baked bean. Oh, so we we might try that recipe, huh? Yeah, yeah, I need to try it. I need to come up with my version of a peach bean. You have a peach pie rib on your... To do for 4th uh, of, of July, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on still doing that. We might just peach it up 4th of <laughs> July. <laughs> you took the pit barrel with you. I did, pit barrel junior. The yeah. Man, we, we put that thing through some work. <laughs> It'll flat cook, man. Yeah. If, you need a, if you need a grill to travel with, that's a great one. Because it's easy to load up. Did you bring it back? Yeah. Yeah, it's back in the garage. Sitting over in the corner. Ready to go again. It uh, It's kind of small. Easy to pick um, up. I mean, yeah. I can pick it oh, up yeah. by myself. One person could. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think it's a 35-gallon drum. It's what it's based on. It's like 18 inches wide. Yeah. So any great for like 18-inch Weber round grill will fit in it. 
comes with its own little fire pan. It's got its own little smaller chimney to put the coals in. So I just, man, we don't adjust it. We open the open the intake wide open, stick some foil down there, hold it, make sure it don't close on us. Put a few unlit coals in the bottom, get that chimney going, dump it on top, put the lid on, and who knows what temp you're cooking at. <laughs> we were just rocking and rolling. Because there's no dampers on that thing. Not right? really, because it's got the holes open at the top for the rebar rods. Yeah. Because that's for hanging stuff if you want to hang, but it's also got a flat grate. What'd you hang on <clears> there <throat> one time? It was delicious. Um, Do you remember? On the pit barrel? Did I, I know I've done some stuff on it before. I can't remember what it was, though. Well, now i got to look it up. Was it uh? It was like picanha, maybe? Yeah, but I don't yes. think that was on the pit barrel, though. I did that on the gateway, didn't I? No. Did I do it on, on the pit barrel, Junior? It's really good. I mean, they got all kinds of attachments for hanging stuff on it. You could you could do vegetables, you could do chickens, you could do sausages. I mean, they've got different, you know, they've got baskets to where you mm-hmm. can fill them up with stuff and It was picanha when you, uh, you know, yeah, folded it Yeah, it was over. on the pit barrel, too. It was on the pit barrel, oh, the Junior. Okay. I don't have a full size one. All I got is the small yeah. one. But you I liked it because we would take it to steak contests and like we wanted to just cook something for us. We um I used it for like we I smoked that bologna at home, but when we got there, warmed it back up and then the next night we took it and made sandwiches. So I sliced it we sliced the bologna thick and then kind of resauced it and put it just flat on the grate over there and charred up that the bottoms and tops of it man it was really good did you put slaw on top of the yeah they made a slaw yep they made a slaw yeah that's what we had bun bologna slaw yeah we didn't have no sauce i didn't bring any sauce i mean i forgot to bring sauce and rubs all that stuff (laughs) i went to the store there they had a little harps grocery store and i bought the what did i buy some lowry seasoned salt and some uh cavenders because i was doing i cooked some trout too and i just like i took um Two sticks of butter, had Michael mash them up and chopped up some parsley and garlic, squeezed a little lemon juice in there and kind of made a little compound butter and stuffed the trout cavity with that. Cooked the trout whole. You know, they just got On the pit barrel? Yeah. I put them in a metal pan, stuffed them with the butter and put some butter on top and bottom, put a layer of lemons on the bottom of the pan, just put a few slices of lemon and onion inside in that butter mixture and stuffed in the cavity and just... Put them on that pit, and we cooked them. Did man, you keep them in the pan minutes. when yeah. you were cooking it? Yeah, yeah. It, it held five. Well, I think it held four trout. A pan, and they're a pretty good sized trout. You know? Yeah, but it um. So I did. So it was thirty a small minutes, pan? and then we covered them up with foil. It was about twenty minutes. Covered them up with foil, and then let them really get cooked. And you thirty just, minutes total. Yeah. So you just kind of use your fork and pull the meat off the. The yeah, I took filet. the trout out. So after they got done, I kind of took some tongs and lifted each one out and put it on a platter. And then you could get it. If you wanted the whole fish, you could put the whole fish on your plate. But we just kind of took forks and pulled, pulled the fillet off and left the bones. So it was really good. Did you have a lot Sprinkled of bones? Sprinkled a little more parsley. I mean, not in the fillets. I mean, because you can kind of pick them. You know, you can take the meat off. But, yeah, trout have – those rainbows have a lot of bones. That's why I've never been a big fan of it. Now, the second night when we got back home, Michael wanted to fry some because the guy at the dock said, you know, the best way to eat them is fry them, which I've always grilled them some kind of way. But we took the fillets, and they still have – you can feel those little pin bones in the fillets because that's the way you know, the trout skeleton runs. It's got little extra free free form bones. It. <laughs> it just gets wild. <laughs> Yeah, but you fry them and they just they kind of dissolve. So I, you know, we ate, it was really good fried, and that was where the Lowry's and the Cavenders come in. So you put Cavenders on it, put Lowry's on it, then you dredge it in cornmeal, 
fried in, you know, peanut oil, whatever you want to fry it in. And it takes about eight minutes per filet, something like that. Man, they're, they're crunchy. They were. They're, I mean, no no fishy taste whatsoever. I wouldn't say they're good as a catfish, but they're good. Yeah, because um, y'all did that when you got back home Sunday night. And so I got to try those. And they were really good. They had a good flavor. They were, you know, had the crispy edges that I like of fried fish. But it wasn't as good as a catfish. Yeah, there's no way. It needed some mm-hmm. of my homemade tartar blue sauce. plate tartar sauce. <laughs> Speaking of blue plate, I know that's why that's what brought that up. You got all this <laughs> the elephant in the room. You've got these mayo products sitting here in front of. What are these, Shell? So last week, Tyler said that he was working on a blue plate sponsorship. So I don't. I was sitting in front of my computer and I thought about it, and I pulled up blue plate. <laughs> anyway, I started looking and I realized they have all these new flavors that I did not know about. So I had to order them. Yeah, this one. This one is. Go bold, spicy cilantro sauce. That sounds exactly like something I want. Spicy cilantro sauce. I see you got some spoons. You fixing to go to trying this raw mayo stuff? (laughs) Raw mayo, (laughs) (laughs) just nothing on it. Just just a. This one's chipotle lime. Yeah, looks good. This one says add a bold flavor to elevate everyday meals. Our spicy cilantro sauce is delicious on gourmet sandwiches, bowls, tacos, and more. Those are my favorite things. I'm with you on tacos. (laughs) What's more, like bologna sandwich? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want it to be. Now, this is the old classic sandwich spread here. I hadn't seen that stuff. I didn't know, Blue Plate didn't make the one my granny bought. She always had sandwich spread, and she tried to convince us it was like McDonald's special sauce. So it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, and I guess it's close. I don't know. I had never tried this one. I don't remember what brand. Do y'all remember what brand? Sandwich spread? Was it Kraft or Kraft sandwich spread or something? got to be like Kraft or Hellman's yeah. or... What know, company I, make Miracle Whip? Is it does Kraft make Miracle Whip? Is it Kraft Miracle Whip? That sounds right. But they had a Kraft. sauce that looked that color, and it was basically like Kraft and Heinz mayo ketchup and dill pickles, or pick, um, not dill pickles. Um, what do you call it? Sweet re- relish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet relish. It looks like special sauce. It does. You um, smear it on a bologna sandwich. Yeah, I try it. I will, of course, yeah. I will say two things that I don't like. Normal people wouldn't have on everything that I will is uh, cilantro and mayonnaise. So I mean, I think yeah. <laughs> that one was made I, for people like me. Now this, I, I love I cilantro, like, and but you got to have the lime too. So I wonder if this has lime in it. I don't know. Oh, so guess who shipped it? Who? This is crazy. So I went to BluePlate.com and actually yeah. ordered it, but it was shipped by the Cajun Grocer. Really? Dot com. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So, it's made down in Louisiana. Yeah. So I don't know if the Blue Plate owns the Cajun Grocer or they are partnered or something, but I thought that was very uh, interesting. All I'm hearing is we need to reach out to Cajun Grocer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to start using this front of binder and everything. I'm going to pull out all the stops. I don't see any lime. Have you ever used mayonnaise as a, as a binder for ribs? <laughs> no, but I'm willing to if y'all want me to. Mark put, him in, uh, put mayonnaise in his... Uh, Burgers for so his recipe this week. The mayor Reggie used to say, "When when you know they always did uh, the mayor barbecue May meal, yeah." <laughs> Reggie was doing a KCBS and he said, "Man, I never seen anything like it. They boiled that chicken and mayonnaise. <laughs> so they took like a they took all their chicken thighs and put mayonnaise like we put butter on it and cooked it in mayonnaise." He said they boiled it in mayonnaise. I guess it's <laughs> called it in mayonnaise. <laughs> here, here, I don't do that story justice because he's got a. That's his his boiling chicken and mayonnaise story, and his monkey story are two of the funniest ones that I have to have him tell me every time I'm around. Reggie um, cooks with Ubon's barbecue, yeah, and he is the 
mayor of Barbecueville. Uh, I think it's the unofficial mayor of Barbecueville. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Barbecueville. <laughs> if it was, Reggie would be the mayor. <laughs> He's appointed himself, and I second that motion. Yeah. <laughs> I got to I got to get him to tell you that monkey story, Tyler, because it's hilarious. They always went up and cooked the block party in New York, and there was something about somebody had a monkey up there or something. And it threatened his life. Threatened his life, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I can think about right now is like I don't know if this is before y'all or this is after y'all's time rather, but uh, they used to have this old McDonald's like like they had live action and cartoon and there was the mayor of Burger Town. He's like yes. this giant burger yes. that just talked. That's all I can think of. Your recipe this week was a brown sugar bourbon chicken skewers. That's right. Where'd you get that recipe? Where'd you come up with that? What was your inspiration? This nice lady made <laughs> one of the most talented, beautiful women I know come up with that recipe. And uh, yeah, no, it was your recipe. Yeah. <laughs> you did them for so we had a little uh, event here for it's the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, and they the, every you know a business host once a month or whatever one of the businesses in town hosts an after hours type cocktail hour. Yeah, and so you did some appetizers, and one of them was these chicken skewers, and he t- he bought boneless skinless chicken thighs, cut them into strips, trim the fat, cut them into strips. Not too much of the fat. Yeah, you want some? Is it? Chars up nice <laughs> and it's delicious. Yeah, but those big thick pockets you don't want. You want to get some of it. You know, you just clean them up. Basically, clean them up, and then you skewer them on wooden skewers to where it's kind of like you cut them into strips and skewer. Yeah, them. And it's kind of like a little chicken patty strip on a stick. Yeah, and then you marinated them, and you, and you just bought store bought marinade. Was it McCormick's brown sugar bourbon? Brown sugar, but you could you could marinate it whatever you wanted to. You could, but that was so easy. And you it's could like take a, them in all different directions yeah. as flavors. Uh, some jerk ones would be good. That's what I want to do next. But the th- the key is the thigh. The thigh stays juicy. The, the thigh, the th- and so you can grill it. It chars up. It grills fast. You marinate it. It says thirty minutes, but two hours. You could probably go overnight. I, yeah, I don't know if you could marinate a thigh too long. That's what I was thinking. I'd be careful with like a red meat, you know. Yeah. Over marinating and those type of things, but tell you what, be chicken? good. Like no. marinate it, grande gringo, and you know some spices like that. Maybe some hot sauce, and then put it on some tacos. Yeah, spicy cilantro. Mm. Like, you could grab the skewer, you know. Yeah, that's what just I just use the taco like shell to pull it right off. Yep. They were real tender and they stayed really juicy. The, the marinade breaks it down some, but yeah. it still holds its juice. Ton of flavor, and all I did was season it. I wanted to kick it up the spice, and I wanted to caramelize a little more. So I mixed a quarter cup of brown sugar, a quarter cup of turbinado sugar in the raw, and a teaspoon of ground cayenne, just to give it some heat. And I stirred that up and tasted. It. I was like, "Yeah, that's got a kick," and it was sweet. So it went really well with that marinade. I seasoned them with that a little bit, and then just made a two zone fire in my Weber. You could do this on any grill. We did it on a pellet grill. Yeah, uh, when when y'all did them. Yeah, you, I mean. I like being able to char it over the hot coals first, and that's why I chose oh, to do the Weber. We're way better. But you can do it on the drum or whatever. But you need, I mean, there's something about charred up chicken and thighs especially that just reminds me of summertime. It's tender. It's juicy. Even when they're cold, they're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are fantastic. And so I did them, what, it was like three three to four minutes on each side over the hot side of the coals. And then I moved them over and just kind of piled them up on one side. Let them finish up the temp, and then glazed them with straight up Captain Rodney's the Scotch Bonnet Buchan glaze out of the bottle. Brush that on them. One more minute on the hot side. Flip them one more minute. 
and then they're ready to go. I mean, it's a easy appetizer. I mean, you can make a meal off of them. Yeah. Like you said, if you served them with tacos or, heck, you can make a sandwich with that. You can just eat it off the stick, dipped in barbecue sauce like I served it up. I like the idea that it's something quick that you could prep the day before. The grill time's less than 30 minutes. I mean, it's, it's going to take you longer to get your coals hot than it would have cooked this chicken. And then you're ready to go. And you can do a bunch of them at one time. Yeah. That's something good to take to like a barbecue, mm-hmm. a, you know, your neighborhood barbecue or or folks will be saying, who brought this? Who, show, who showed up with the chicken <laughs> or whatever this is on a stick. But kids like it. Michael was getting down on them too. He oh, liked yeah. them a lot. They like it just because it's on a stick. That's why he's like, oh, you need to do this and them and you know, all this. Like, <laughs> but they're just good. Yeah. You know? And easy. I mean, you could put other stuff on there. If you wanted to add some vegetables to, to I would, I would add something that cooks quick. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't put potatoes. Yeah. Zucchini or squash would be good on it. You could add pineapple to it. You could probably get by with a slice of onion or something. Little cherry tomatoes would be good. Yeah. Because they blister so yeah. fast. I love yeah. a blistered cherry tomato. Um, yeah. You could, you know, you could go with like a Mediterranean type flavor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be Mexican. good to do with pitas. Mm-hmm. Like kind of, you know. Grill some artichokes on there. Mm. You could probably do that. Stick some artichoke hard on there or something. Make it tzatziki. Yep. Yep. Shred a lettuce and tomatoes and rock to it. One thing, a lot of people will, you know, do the trimming and the cutting, then marinate, then skewer. Yeah. We. I made it easier. Skewered. It does make it a little challenging to marinate with the stick. But you get a flat pan, yeah. like a, you can put it yeah. in a, a, you don't a have casserole to, dish or something. And with that marinade, it don't have to be like submerged like you're thinking of a steak marinade. You just want to get it on all sides and let it just kind of hang out. Yeah. And you're not, and it kind of drains off or works its way into the meat. There wasn't a ton of it. Like it kind of absorbed it. No, you didn't but, have to like shake it or. But the sticks, you know, the sticks didn't burn up as bad. And we just used a cheap wooden skewer. A lot of times, you know, if you don't soak your skewers first, they'll burn up on you. Well, these kind of soaked in that marinade, so they got some of that in them. And they got a little dark, but they still held together well. They didn't break off. You could get the chicken off of it easy. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have one that kind of burned or anything. I like doing it that way because it's like you pull your chicken out and you do all the chickeny stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get it skewered and ready to go. Then you don't have then, to worry about that mess. Yeah. That's right. And then you marinate it already skewered. You pull it out of the marinade and go straight to the grill. You could take this on a tailgate. You know? And you could do other meat besides chicken that same way. If you wanted to do pork chops, like get pork, pork loin or pork tenderloin, cut them into strips. You did one recipe. Beef would be good. You know, get some get some uh, sirloin steak or either a flat iron or something like that. Cut it thin and put it on there like that. You did. Make all kinds of little set, satays or whatever. <laughs> is that what that like chicken satay? Yeah. They do? It's like a, is that an Indian dish or a Mediterranean dish of some kind? I've seen it. Look that it's up. Indian. I think it's Indian. But they do, you know, they do different ones, and they put them in those clay pots with the fire, and that's how they cook them on a stick like that. But it looks very, very similar, and it is chicken satay. They're served with peanut sauce a lot of times. Yeah, they do one. <laughs> Indonesian. Like, I was going to say Chinese buffets will have that yeah. little chicken thigh on a stick, and you're not sure if it's chicken or what. But <laughs> <It> says, <laughs> you ever seen those? You ever seen those? <laughs> All too familiar. You used to tell me, that's rat. <laughs> that's that's a rat or cat. I don't know. Probably ain't chicken. You just don't think about it. You, just you play it. rat or cat. The- <laughs> you don't ever play rat or cat at Chinese buffet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, foot on that clear so I can tell what it is. <laughs> that's what- <laughs> <laughs> we kill coons and possums and stuff. You have to leave the foot on them or rabbits. That way, I know yep, who you're you selling it to. If it's a, well, let me identify that animal. 
It is a Southeast Asia dish satay. Okay. It's really good. You could definitely go Asian with that. I mean, easy. Oh, ooh, that's. They, they make it with some rice. They make all this. I mean, now I'm not saying you can't make up your own marinade. Of course, I do that a lot of times. But a lot of times, I'll buy one of them thirty minute marinades just to be quick. They're usually pretty good. They are. The McCormick's got some brands that are good. Kroger um, has some store brands that are really good. They're private selection. Kroger private selection. They've got a teriyaki that I use a lot. They've got. I want to say they had a jerk. They do have That's a jerk. Pretty good. Um, they have a cilantro lime that I really, really Maybe they like. call it Caribbean. They don't call it jerk. They call it Caribbean marinade. They've got a cilantro lime that's awesome on chicken. We mm-hmm. use that for chicken tacos all the time. Um, For your jerk, you usually use that. Walker's wood? Yeah, Walker's wood. If I don't make up my own. If I'm yeah. just going fast. Yeah, so you usually. <clears throat> so you're not opposed to a store-bought marinade? No, not at all. I mean, by the time I buy all the ingredients and make it up, I can just. I just put some time and some money into it. I can buy a $4 bottle of marinade and be ready to roll and soup it up, add my flavors to it. A lot of times I'll, you know, if I'm doing a jerk flavor, I'll add my my jerk rub to it. And then if I want it hotter, I can add some extra pepper or something and roll. Yeah. That's but it's, a just a good, it's just a good base. And you could do that with that brown sugar. If you want to add some more bourbon to it, you could add a shot of bourbon to it. If you wanted to kick up the seasoning some, because I just kept it simple. I mean, the, the seasoning was super simple on that, but it didn't need any more salt. It had all the savoriness. It just, I think it, that little extra sugar kick to help that caramelize and is why eat. I went that route yeah. and then glazed it with the Rodney's. It had everything it needed. It had, once it was done, you were eating it, it had like a, 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 light, a small heat element. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I put, I mean, the Rodney's, the Captain Rodney's is spicy. I put the cayenne and the sugar, and then there's some heat in that bourbon brown sugar marinade. I too, doubt so they put much. a lot of yeah. heat there. Um, but I didn't it was try a, it by itself, so I don't know what it tastes like. That's a really good recipe. It's super easy. I think people like to try that one, and that's one you can just put in rotation. That's quick. Yep. Speaking of stuff on steaks, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. I was at the movies the other day, and I found out that they serve pronto pups at the movies now. Real deal, pronto pups or, or state fair corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. I w- like they're not as good as like like the best of the best pronto pups that you've ever had. Yeah. But they're pretty damn good for it being, yeah, for being a movie theater at the movie theater. Yeah, absolutely. Know, yeah. Every time I've seen like, I don't know some some convenient like J and J One Stop has some good corn dogs. <laughs> I don't know what I know they're not batter dipping them back there, but just the way they think it's their fri- the way they fried. So they fried so much chicken in it. <laughs> everything tastes like fried chicken. But man, you tell them to make them extra crispy. God, they're good. Um, it's hard to beat a corn dog. I love a good corn dog. Uh. Is, was the corn dog you had at the movie? Did you, did you, you got buy one? one? Did you get one? Oh, I did. I, no, I did. I did. And did like, you put mayonnaise on it? I did. <laughs> did you really? At Every the movie? bite. <laughs> well, it's dark. Nobody, the, nobody I was can say. Did you do it in the dark in the theater? <laughs> All I had to do was sit there and look at my wife, look at me in shame. I mean, that's fine. I, I'm used to that. <laughs> like if you did it out in the concourse and just mayoed it up, people would have ran out probably. They've <laughs> <laughs> been taking pictures. <laughs> I was just so impressed that. The, how far movie theaters have come with stuff that we have Prado pups and deep fried Oreos and that's a good poll, Tyler. See, let's see if people if people put mayonnaise on corn dogs. How many that is a good poll. Let's dogs? put that on the community. <laughs> um, did you have a Pronto pup at Memphis MA? I didn't. I well, all right. So everybody else had tried one first, and so I had this had such a bad reputation at that point that I wasn't. Oh, they were terrible to try it. Worst worst example of a Pronto. They need their card pulled. 
They pronto pups had showed up, and pulled to, their card. Yeah, I need to make an official uh, complaint yeah. with Mister Pup. <laughs> Mister Pup, <laughs> and it was y'all's story really that did it. Like if it had just been one person trying and kind of like, eh, I don't know. But then y'all said that when you were walking in, and I was like, I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> when the lemonade and the battery were still sitting there from the day before, and it's like they're going to use that. <laughs> when I walked by, it's like shell. They're fixing to reuse that. Watch. But we still ate one. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> The gold cans will do that to you. <laughs> the, gold top, the gold tops will make you try anything. Um, it's like it wasn't done, and then the hot dog was this weird color gray. And, and it, it was just, too salty, and, and I love super, salty. Yeah, it's like they put extra salt on a corn dog. I was like, how how is that even possible? Over salt? I don't know. They looked gray like those sausage, like those uh, frozen sausage and pa- wrapped in pancakes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The yeah. breakfast ones, that's kind of how what they reminded me of. That's it's not. be a hot dog. I mean, it's been a while now. Granted, it's been a while since I had a pronto. Me pub. too. I mean, COVID hadn't been to any festivals and been a long, it's probably been two years since I had a Pronto Pup. Probably. And that was very disappointing. That was not a Pronto Pup. That's not how they're supposed to be. Those I, hot dogs may have been two years old. I don't know. <laughs> they're going through their old stock. Yeah. yeah, we usually get one at Memphis in May. That's yeah. usually like the one time a year I get one. Yeah, probably, unless you go somewhere like a fair or something. Yeah. I'm gonna, if I go to the fair, I'm getting a Pronto Pup. Or that's chicken a on the day. stick. Yeah. Um, so, have you seen this Gravity Series uh, digital charcoal grill from Masterbuilt? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen one in person, but I know of them. Are they new? Uh, this is the first time I've seen them. No, they've been out for a couple years. Okay. A couple years. They were They're funny they were, looking little grills. I mean, so it's a take on the Gravity Fed Spoker. And I guess, it, does it have a controller? Yeah, I think it does. Almost like a pellet type yeah. controller, doesn't it? My buddy McCrory found one at like a scratch and dent place, and he said it cooks awesome. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's but do it. you just put regular charcoal in it? You don't have a controller, does it? I think so. Oh, I see it over there on that shelf. Yeah. I thought one of them, maybe one of them does and one of them don't. I don't know their models. I don't know. But yeah, you put it in that chute on the side, and it starts a fire in the bottom, and as it needs more coals, gravity kind of drops it in there as it uses them, and you <laughs> smoke over on the side. You know, there's a lot like, so the... Probably the best brand that I know of Gravity Feds is the Deep South. Randall Bone makes them over there. You know, Heath cooks on them. That's a whole different level. This is a five. Well, this is grill. one for your backyard. Yeah. It's kind of a Gravity Fed for your backyard. It's what they were going for. As far as I know, they work great. I've never cooked on one myself, but I've heard good things about them. Well, I was on the community page gathering some questions. For today, yeah. for the podcast, and that's someone had asked about it. I need to get my hands on one just to use it. Maybe yeah. that's an out the smoke thing. Maybe we can get one of those and give an honest review of it. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's I've a, never, you know, I've never cooked on gravity fed smoker like ever. At period. Yeah, I was gonna borrow one. Like Heath's like, man, I got one. I just want to check it out sometime. He's gonna bring it over and let me borrow it just to cook on it. Just to, I mean, because you never know what flavor profiles are different. But those, most of those guys I know. Cooking pans on mm-hmm. because what I've seen, I've seen uh, one guy, I remember at Memphis and May about burnt the whole damn place down cooking on one because they had it loaded with butts and it was dripping down in there and all that grease built up in the bottom of it and then it flashed and fire went back up the chute and it was a disaster. But uh, that was a gravity fed. So that's kind of always been my deterrent of cooking on one. But I would, I mean, Heath does really well cooking with them and a lot of guys yeah, he do. Loves them. Yeah. Him and Candace. They control, like, they hook gurus up to them. So they can really control that pit temp really well with it. And if you cook in pan, you don't have to worry about getting your smoker dirty because the drippings ain't going down to the bottom where it can grease fire. But to me, doesn't that prevent 
smoke penetration? Well, they cook on raised racks and pans. And so you're still getting circulation. Now, it probably does. Anytime I've cooked in pans, it slows things down because of the mass you put in there and it acts like a, a baff, you know, yeah, diverter a almost. Yeah. So if you're cooking something like brisket or shoulders or pork butts or something like that, it does great because, you know, you want long cooks, you're slowing it down, you're rendering the fat, you're still getting all the smoke from it. But to me, like if I'm cooking smaller stuff like ribs or, you know, chicken, we cook in pans anyway. So I guess ribs would be the only thing. I don't know. I guess it would still work. That's why I, said I need to experiment. Well, I'm not really. No, well, I might cook on them and love them. You never know. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm very. I mean, this is a $500 grill from yeah. Lowe's. So, yeah, I think they Lowe's Home Depot probably Ace get them out. I don't know if Walmart sells them. They might maybe but 500 bucks ain't bad for a gravity fed pit. Mm-mm. I don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah, I mean, I it's probably made it's out of cheap. cheap thin metal. Um, so what I have today is a bunch of questions that I collected from the community. Okay. I was going to run them through you. First one, uh, it just popped in my head. What happens when your grill catches on fire? What is the protocol? Shut it down. <laughs> Shut off all air. Don't open it up. Do not open Do it not up. Do not open it up. Just cut the airflow <laughs> off. Cut your, you know, if you can get to your vents, close them. If you can throw something, put a can over the top, put a, you know, put something over the exhaust. Shut it off. Keep the lid closed. Let it burn itself out. It's just going out. You probably ruined anything you got on it, but you'll save the grill. You won't tear the grill up. I mean, it's just going to happen. But if you keep them clean, you won't have to worry about it. I mean, it shouldn't catch on fire. I mean, I'm not saying it can't, but most of the most of the time, I've seen somebody catch one on fire is because they let too much grease built up in it. They weren't cleaning that grill properly, and they get a fire. Yep. A lot of times. Well, the one time I saw at Memphis and May, it was a backwoods. They let the dry. they let the water pan go dry. That grease just collected in the you bottom. Start smelling and, it first, yeah. and then by the time you get to there, it's fixing to flash. And they tried to open the doors and yep. get a fire extinguisher. At that point, yeah, man, that's terrible. That <laughs> stick a fire extinguisher down it. I've seen it done though many mm-hmm. times. Mark and Jamie saved one at Memphis May one time beside us. It was a backwood. They let it run dry. I think that was the same. They one opened I'm up. Yeah, they opened up that door and it just burnt the tent up. Flames roaring out. You can't get it warp the door. Because once you open that door, it's really putting air in there. So it's making an inferno. All that grease has got to burn up before it's going to go out. Or you got to kill the oxygen where it can't burn. You just got to you got to watch it. So, uh, first question. Don't let your water run dry. Do That's not let moral your water. Story. It yeah. has a very unique smell. Like Heck you can, yeah. you can smell it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. It's been several. It's easy to do. You get yeah. out there, you get. If you whiskey drinks in you, nightmare, and all of a sudden you done burnt the stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some very experienced cooks do it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so this guy, he said he cooked a butt, brought it to work. Now he's got all these people um, wanting him to cook butts for him. What does he do? Like, what's the, what does he charge? It, you How does do it he two ways. Price? I mean, and a lot of people are commenting on don't do it because you might get somebody sick. Uh, I mean, that's. We've all done it. Cook something for somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, it ain't like you're trying to start business and get sued. If you, first off, I wouldn't do it for nobody that I thought was going to sue me. You know? <laughs> but, I mean, I've done them to where I buy everything and, you know, charge Party you so much, to, so much to cook it. Uh, going right on like a, a butt, if you're doing a butt sale right now, it's probably 40 bucks a butt. 30, 35, 40 bucks minimum. I think it's 40 right yeah, now that I've seen. Is what I would say. I mean. 
that's you buying the butt and everything and then staying up and cooking it, which is really not a good deal because you got all the hours involved, but that's just what it's going for. Um, that's that's probably what I'd have to charge, at least 40 for one. At least 40 If they bought the butt, I mean, I might cook it for 10 15 bucks. You know, if I didn't have to buy the butt. I mean, the way we used to figure it was you could get a butt for around 10 bucks. It cost you about 10 bucks to cook it. Then I want to make something for my time. So 25 30 bucks back in the day. Well, now... All that's went up, so that's how we get to forty now. Because fifteen bucks, fifteen twenty bucks for a butt, probably. Yeah. And then ten dollars to cook it. Well, that's thirty bucks. If you're, you know, making ten bucks, that's forty. So. What's the best way to deliver it? Um, are you going to give it to them whole, or are you going to? I'd rather pull it and give it. Depending on how many I'm cooking, you know. I mean, depends on how they want it. But I'd rather myself. I'd rather pull it and vacuum seal it. That way, I know. It was done. I got it properly pulled at the right temp. Then I got it chilled and froze. It's on them at that point. Nothing I did would have contaminated it. Yeah. If you give it to them whole, it's best to have it, you know, give it to them fresh off the pit and let tell them they've got four hours to either eat it or get it in the refrigeration or freeze it. That's the best way. But I And mean, it's harder to pull a butt once it gets cold. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd me personally, if I was getting one, I'd probably, you know, go ahead and give it to be pulled. Yeah. I mean... Does it bother you to get it pulled? No, because usually we're going to serve it. You know, it yeah, usually going to serve it. So somebody's got to pull it. And if I'm, I mean, it stays fresher, longer, whole. But I mean, I don't know. It, to me, if it's already vacuum sealed, it's good to go. That's usually unless I've, I've vacuum it up sealed hot. them whole and I vacuum sealed them pulled. Unless they're picking it up hot. Yeah, they're picking it up hot. I'll give it to them in a pan wrapped in full. Yeah, leave it on them. That's the easiest way. But yeah. he's, talking, he's probably talking about transporting to work. He might have to cook them the day before. I'd go ahead and get it pulled and cooled off properly. If you do vacuum seal them whole, I will say remove the bone. Yeah, the bone it can holes. Yeah, it's holes, so yeah. and it's so easy to take the bone. That's the first thing I do is pull the bone out just because it cools it faster. You know, you get that heat away from it; it's already built up, and it'll cool out in a few, you know, thirty minutes, and then you can put them in the fridge. I feel like that's a good way to also tell if like it's cooked properly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like an instant read thermometer is what I say. It's like it's got the pop outs like a turkey does. <laughs> you pop that bone right out, it's done. If it's tight, it ain't. Have you ever added curry to a rub? No. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of curry. I've had some that's okay, but I'm just not a big fan of using it. Yeah. I'm nothing wrong. I just I'm you know, just I've had some like curried goat that was really good. Yeah. I've I've never really had that much Indian food. Now I've had some I guess it's Thai curry. Yeah. You know, from Thai restaurants or from Vietnamese restaurants. That's where we had the goat and it was good, but it's a different kind of curry. You know, they use some curry in Jamaican cooking too. And it's a, but it's a different kind of curry. So it's not as I strong. guess, I mean, I've, I've, I've never really personally played with it too much, but I've had it to where, you know, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's super strong. So I'd say use it, you know, according to your taste. Nothing wrong with it. Um, you just get strong. It's what's in it. So they said, this is a, might be a rookie question, but can someone explain the difference between a clean and dirty smoke, and how do you keep it clean? So clean smoke is almost clear. I mean, they, they call it thin, light blue smoke, but it's almost like you can't see it. You can tell it's smoking. You can smell it smoking, but you can't see a whole lot of it. You can see the heat register. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But if it's dirty smoke, it's going to be thick. It's going to be kind of white. It might be black even. And that's just impurities burning off. And the reason why you want it clean is because those impurities that are making that smoke colored are getting in your meat. And so you're burning off 
whatever, you know, it could be chemicals, it could be moisture, it could be, you know, it could be several things in the wood, but a good dry, you know, aged wood shouldn't, should just put off clean smoke. Now, a lot of it has to do with your airflow too. So to get that clean smoke, you got to have proper fire. You got to have a good bed of coals. It's got to have good oxygen. When you put your wood on there, it goes to smoking, smoldering, and then it goes to BTUs. So that's, that's how you get the good clean smoke. You got, you want proper ventilation. If you got too much meat on there, it's going to stifle it. If you're over, you know, overloading your cooker or whatever, but you just want to adjust your vents to where it's breathing properly. Now, sometimes you'll see thicker smoke depending on humidity outside. And that's not really bad smoke there. That's just because it's warmer coming out the pit and it's changing as it hits, hits the yeah. air. So, so like early in the mornings and things like that, you'll see thicker. It's not really bad smoke. Yeah, well, you see that coming off the lake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so off it's of yeah. Heated, yeah. Um, so it's just about having a good fire and airflow, good yep. airflow, good and wood. good wood. Yeah, <clears throat> that's your main. That's your main things that are going to make have have good smoke. As long as you got a good bed of coals, proper airflow, and you're using good dry wood. And the way you know you've getting clean smoke is you don't you, see you don't it. see much of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a, if it is if you do see it, it's real thin and kind of bluish, not thick and white or dark. Um, so this, white smoke's usually really really wet wood. That's more moisture, and then dark smoke's other impurities cooking out or prop, not proper airflow. So it's not really smoking; it's just kind of off gassing and not getting hot enough to get you know for the wood to burn properly. So is that what they call like blue smoke? Is that clean smoke? Yeah, yeah, thin blue smoke. You'll say thin blue smoke. That's clean, good smoke. I got you. Almost invisible. Um, So this question, I'm curious. uh, They said Kimona or Big Green Egg. I kind of thought they were the same thing. I mean, principally they're the same. It's just different brands. I mean, Big Green Egg's probably one of the most popular, but Kamado's a a really popular brand too. Um, I don't know if they cook any different. It's the same principle. It's just depending on which style of one you want, which one you want, which company you want to spend your money? It's like Ford and Chevy. You know, they both make good grills, and they're I've very similar. Cook, and they cook. Uh, my brother Waylon has a Kamado, and I have Big Green Egg, and they cook the same. He's got the smaller, I think it's the eighteen inch version. I got an XL egg, and they cook great. Um, I have seen the only thing I really don't like about well, one, which one, Kamado <clears throat> or Green Egg? The style of cookers is. Uh-oh. You shut them, You have to shut them down so much. You have to restrict the airflow so much. It's hard to get that good smoke. It seems like I have to put more chunks on it. And then when I do, it you have to regulate it more, and it's just not as good as like smoking up my drum or a stick burner or something or my old hickory. Um, what if you're grilling? <clears throat> like- grilling is great. High temps, yeah. it's, it works like a champ. But slow smoking, they'll hold low temps, and they'll hold it forever. But it's hard to get smoke flavor because you're restricting the air on the grill so much. Because see, what you do, you, you get enough coals going to where the heat builds up and the ceramic gets hot. But then it's you know you've got it choked down. It's barely open, barely letting air in, barely letting air out. And so it's not really flowing good. It's not conducive to really burning good smoke. So it is harder to get that clean smoke on one. But also, I've noticed that moisture builds up in them bad. So, you know, I like to burn lump in mine so I can put it out and reuse that lump. But if you don't watch it, um, when you shut that dude down, you close off all the air on it, it traps. If you've got heat in there, you shut it down. I guess it makes some kind of moisture in it or moisture gets in it some kind of way. It can mold real easy. 
So what you have to do when you put it out, you store that grill or just have it, you know, set to the side with a cover on it. You need to open it back up and let some kind of air flow through it or it can mold on you. And so if you don't remember to do that, you're going to get, and you have to build a fire, get all that mold off before you, I've done it. That's. Oh, we had to do it recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what got me thinking about that. And that's, I mean, I don't, I don't cook on my egg often enough to, you know, to open. So I always have to remember to make sure, go out there and make sure it's cracked and get some airflow. A backwoods, a water cooker will do that too. If you don't get it dried out good and you have it shut down all the way, no airflow, and it'll mold on you quick. That will gag you. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than a water pan having been drained shut up. <laughs> Just thinking that's about a, it. That's another smell you'll never forget. <laughs> it is horrid. Tyler, you've probably never seen that. I need a mold one just to show you. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, never had a pellet grill mold. Never, never had my drum mold. There's a lot of airflow moving through that pellet yeah. grill. You don't get to shut them down tight. Right, right. I have had an old, old hickory. I was thinking, have you ever had an old hickory? Because yeah. they, they have this. If you don't get the series. grease and stuff out of it, they they seal up pretty tight, too. Stick burner, mm, it'd probably rust the grape before it did anything. Usually you can't shut them all the way down either. They're getting some air in them some kind of way. Um, Somebody wanted to know about a tress major. They said, what do you know about this cat? I know it's delicious, <laughs> and I've been shown what area it comes from in the shoulder region, but I couldn't be, I couldn't go back and get it myself. I'm no butcher, but it is as good as filet mignon at a cheaper price, and it, it's it's delicious. Yeah, it's, it's a muscle that's up in the shoulder of a cow that doesn't, doesn't get worked much, so it's super tender. It looks a lot like a, a petite filet or something when it comes out. And it cooks, I mean, that and hanger steak are two of the un, most underrated cuts on a cow that come off the shoulder. I mean, they are just absolutely melt-in-your-mouth delicious. They're harder to find. Yeah, you don't see You're, like, you're not going to go to the grocery store and find them. Yeah. You don't have to go to a butcher shop or somewhere that sells specialty cuts or order it from Kevin down at the butcher shop. Um, what's the guy that brought us some? He has a butcher shop in North Memphis. Oh, uh, tell, where is that? What town is I'll that called? I'll have to look that up. It's Arlington. Arlington. It's, it's in Arlington. Arlington. Yeah. I have to look at Jamie's buddies with him. I need to look him up. He brought us some trace majors and we cooked those like a month ago or something. Yeah, how'd, y'all, how'd y'all cook them? Do you remember? Man, you just sear them. You just season them and sear them. You don't cook them long. Is it you can reverse. Charlie's or is it Louie's? Louie's was the, is there Louie's in Arlington? That might be it because he sells that um, Chicago Italian beef marinade. It was in that Louie's brand. I'll have to. I think he's up. part of that family some kind of way. Yeah, I remember. I, mean, he, I met him at the grand opening. Yes, and he had brought that that steak and wanted us to try it. And it was really good. But you, you might get a local out there in Covington. Yeah. So, um, if you ever come across a tress major, bite and se- just season it, sear it like you do a steak. Um, it don't take long to cook, and you want to want to cook it, you know, much past medium rare. And it's it'll melt in your mouth. You can cut it with a fork. It's it's just delicious. It's really really good meat. And the hanger steak, you can get a hold yeah. of those. Those are delicious too. Um, can you do burnt ends from the flat of a brisket? I've seen restaurants do it. They can you cube a flat? Yes. I mean, it's just <laughs> like cube slices. You know, Don't waste so the it's it's too dense. You don't have the fat in it. The reason why the point works so great is because it's marbled. 
usually even on a choice brisket, that point end's marbled up. So you get those pockets of fat that's rendered in it as it's cooked and it kind of melts in your mouth. Well, flat doesn't really melt in your mouth. That's why we cut it kind of quarter inch thick. You know, pull apart and it's good beef, but it ends up being like you're cutting it with the grain some because you're trying to make these cubes with it. And it's just, it's awkward. It's like, a chunk of roast kind or something like that. you know. And you'd be and, better I mean, off buying like a chuck roast if you're going to do that. Yeah, right? I would do it with a chuck roast just because of the more fat content. If I was, if I was needing to make extra burn-ins like that, you could do it. It's just not the best. And brisket's really expensive, you know, to, yeah. to, to cube up like that. Flat especially. Um, this you can find all points, though. That's the ticket. <laughs> and I know out in Kansas City you can get all points because that's where Fergie. Uh, Fergie brought those from. Um, so this person wants some help for crawfish bowl. They're planning a crawfish bowl. They're using your recipe. How do they figure out how much crawfish to cook? Four pounds per person. That's your average. That's what I always go with. Four pounds per person. Cause you're going to get some women, some kids and some guys will eat. But four pounds per person is a good estimate for everybody to get plenty of crawfish. How many pounds could you eat? If I'm sitting down like, like eating, like I, did I cook them or did I just go in to eat them? Cause if I cooked them, I'm probably not gonna eat that many. No. But if I'm going to someone eat crawfish, I'd say. That you, someone else who knows how to cook crawfish, cook them for you. You eight, got a cooler of beer. You got a nice, comfortable place to sit. Over the course of the day or afternoon or evening, yeah. eight to ten. Eight to ten. Yeah. And that's what crawfish eaters could probably do. Yeah. So that's, you know, usually sacks are about 30, 32 pounds. And, you know, three or four, three or four people that can eat crawfish can eat a sack. But for a, a get-together, I figure about eight people per sack. Is how we figure, but then you you got to kind of that. And that's just in buying the crawfish, and I mean that's and that's you know, I mean very and, conservative too. You're probably gonna have some left over. Some people won't eat but two pounds. Some people think they eat crawfish and, and don't eat a pound, but then you get some guys will sit there and wear you out. You know, they can eat a sack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anybody eat a sack. That's a lot of crawfish. I mean, ten pounds is a lot of crawfish, but you're talking over the course. Like you're not yeah, going to sit down and eat ten at one time. You're going to eat four or five times and eat, you know, two pounds each time. That's the way I like to eat them. Yeah. As they're cooking, you know, cook a sack, go get you a flat, eat that, wait on the next. Because they get Have better as the day goes on, yeah. and as the beers get better. And then at the end, usually, so you eat two or three flats like that over the course of it. And then by the end of it, you've got all these crawfish left. And then you need your eaters to come in and help you get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it all, that's where the fun is. We had, and then you sit there and peel the rest and put the tail meat up. So, um, one tip about how many people did he have? How was he trying to feed? Did it say? Oh, he didn't. He just wanted to know how we figured it. Yeah, he was well, just I'd figuring say, figure how eight much people aside. That's an easy way to do. Yeah. It. Um. One time, Mark had a crawfish bowl at his house and bought how many pounds of crawfish? Man, a thousand four hundred four hundred. I think 400 pounds of crawfish and yeah. they were gone within 30 minutes. Oh, all of them. He had some eater. He had one lady there, a little Oriental lady <laughs> sat at the end of the table. This was like a house in his right backyard. Thing. Yeah. Huh? I don't think Orientals. Yes, she was. Oh, is that, what's no, Asian? Can I say Asian then? <laughs> yeah. Little Asian lady. Yes. She was standing at the end of the table and she did not come up for air eating crawfish. <laughs> I was amazed. I ate a few standing there you know, at the same table. And this lady was just choop, 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 <laughs> left and right, man, until the crawfish were gone. But he had Mark is notorious for having some eaters. Like yeah. he'll have he'll have a dozen people that can eat ten pounds. I mean, that's you know putting away some crawfish. 
He had more than that there. Because as soon as they were dumping pots, they would dump a whole pot on the table and they'd just be gone. Yep. Um, have you ever heard of a Texas Twinkie? Yeah. It's a, a bacon-wrapped jalapeno, you know. But it's got brisket popper. in it, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never put brisket. I, you know, I have seen people do that. It's a Slice brisket. Slice of brisket. Because someone was talking about it on the community. It cream cheese? Yeah. It's uh, brisket, cream cheese stuffed, bacon-wrapped jalapenos yeah. with a barbecue glaze. We so it's just a poppers. yeah, it's just a pepper popper, but they meat. put brisket. Or, I thought doing with deer meat, yeah, like deer poppers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd never heard yeah. that Texas Twinkie, Texas Twinkie before. <laughs> well, what's the other one? The armadillo eggs, where they take uh, what's an armadillo egg? I think you take a piece of sausage and you wrap it. No, it might be a boiled egg. Then you wrap i can't it's i think it's either boiled egg or a piece of sausage wrapped in more like ground sausage and then wrapped in bacon and cooked and glazed maybe an egg though i think it's like, it it a boiled egg no that might be a good it, i don't think it was it was sausage in this one that i saw but yeah. it might be that's kind of like a what they call a fatty uh but did they put cheese in the middle of the fatty and then sausage you can put anything in fa- most of the time fatty is just sausage it doesn't have anything oh it's sausage uh, yeah. With the bacon wrapped yeah. around it. Or it don't have to have bacon. It could just be sausage fatty. Okay. So it's just ground yeah, it's kind of like sausage meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But yeah. But you could. Uh, you did one. I did one where I did the bacon weave on it. Yeah. And you had some a stuffing in the middle. But I, I put cheese and stuff in there? Yeah. Like cream cheese. That's and... been a long time ago I did that one. It was good though. It was good. Here's a good question I don't think you've ever answered. I'm moving to a new, like, whole new house. How? What's the best way to transport my? They specifically asked about a big green egg, but any grill. Two men in a truck. <laughs> That's how I moved all my stuff. I didn't touch none of it. Hire I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that risk on them. This, uh, you, you put a value on your grill. This is, and you got to tell them this when they come out. Like I want y'all to come out and see what I'm asking you to move. But this grill is going to cost this much to replace. That's what I want it insured as. If y'all damage it. And then tell them where you want to pick it up and tell them where you want to put it. That's how I did mine. It's, a, it's. I mean, moving a green egg ain't no small job. And it's an extra large. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to take it apart. Or they didn't. They could, These two dudes, these two young strapping lads showed up, <laughs> manhandled that thing, walked it from my patio to the driveway, then rolled it to the truck and lift-gated it up, put it in, strapped it in, did the same thing when they got to the new house. That's nuts. Yeah. It's well worth the money you spend hiring somebody. You know how many grills there are back there, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they move that day. It was a bunch. Yeah. Could have been just a U Haul full of that stuff. Well, it was a Bob truck, you know. And this was like four or five years ago. Yeah. I I think they moved two pellet grills, an old hickory, CTO, and an egg. And probably, I'd probably move the Webers and stuff myself and drums. Anything that's easily that we're used to moving around. But like, even those old hickories, man, they're painting the butt to move. Those pellet grills aren't too bad because you can roll them and, you know, you can put them in the truck pretty easy. But a heavy grill, like that green egg, if I was going to move it, I would take the top off, take all the guts out, be very careful because they're fragile. Then you can move it. But you definitely got to take it apart if you're going, you know, unless, take you, that in the unless inner- you're beefed up and ready for the <laughs> challenge. You can pick it up. Then, it's heavy. I mean, yeah. Even then, moving that. I mean, strap uh-huh. it and hope for the best. I mean, that's what that's what we did. Strap it note for the well, two men in a truck. I'm telling you, that's the way to go. I had to help move a uh, thirty thousand dollar old hickory into a restaurant one time. That was Ooh, 
That was. So I've learned those are big over oh, my yeah. forty-five Huge. years that moving is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is always better to hire that out. Yes, but there's. I've been involved in several moves throughout my, you know, <laughs> younger days, college days, you know, mid twenties. But back then, I only I, I could load pick everything in my car. Yeah, everything went to pick up truck in somebody's car, and off you went. But you and get that, to moving heavy stuff, man. Don't do it. Put that risk on somebody else. Second story of an apartment. Second yeah. story of an apartment. Ugh. We were going to move our whole house. It was like everything big. I'm letting somebody move it because that's risk is on y'all. I don't want to tear it up. I tear it up. I'm getting yelled at. <laughs> if they tear it up, we can yell at them. <laughs> be a group project. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why did you do it like that? How'd you drop that? What do you mean you can't put it back together? You have all the parts. Nope. It's on somebody else. <clears throat> Are there any pellet girls that have a side burner for like a gas? That you know of? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't heard of that either. There may be some combo. I, I, I don't know if it has a sideburn. Several people ask about combo some, I think there's a combo like pellet grill, propane grill. That And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put a sideburner on it. But um, I, I don't know of one specific model of a pellet grill that runs. I feel like a pit boss has one. Like just off the top of my head. Like I feel like I've seen it. They may. Um Camp Chef, if, if another one did, it would be a Camp Chef because they make a whole bunch of different accessories. Like Camp Chef, they have a flat top that runs off almost like two fish cookers or whatever. And it, oh, really? It could really? be a fish cooker. It could be a flat top. And you hook a bottle to yeah, it? Yeah, it's propane. So they might they might have one. I probably, I mean, I don't, I don't really like those sideburners on grills. I've never had any much luck with them. Well. I've had one of those, you know, I had that, what was it, a Napoleon that had the infrared on the side and all that. It's you never used it. Never used it. Well, you rarely use the Napoleon. I just don't don't use a propane grill that much. Yeah. Now, I'm fixing to start using my Blackstone. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's completely different, yeah, though. flat top's totally different than yeah. propane grill. Because you're not going to get <clears throat> a smoky, grilly flavor on a black top anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so somebody posted this. It was a McRib mold and a White Castle mold. Like you take your ground meat and you put it in this mold and it molds it <laughs> to it look might... like a perfect McRib yeah. sandwich or White Castle burger. Does it put the little holes in it like yeah. a White Castle does? Yeah. Really? That's interesting. I thought so too. You could do those on a flat top. How would you cook that? I guess you just use like breakfast, ground pork for the I guess McRib. you could whatever. It makes that fake little rib shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do they use to make that uh, those little burgers that are so popular in Corinth, Mississippi? Slug burgers. Slug burgers. It is. It's a soy burger, so it doesn't, and it's not doesn't have any beef in it at all. It's pork. So it's pork like a soy. soy meal. Basically, they were Depression era burgers that they could sell for a nickel. That's what they called slug a nickel. So five cents, you could get a burger, and that was what. People didn't have a lot of money back then. Yeah. <clears throat> so they wanted some type of, you know, sandwich that was easy to get. And that's where they what they invented. And they took a soy product, which was almost like a flour. Think of it like yeah. that, soy flour. They mixed it with some meat to give it, you know, some protein, I guess, or consistency. And fried it in lard. And it makes this little crunchy, I don't know. Overcooked dry patty is what it is. It's not like a burger. <laughs> it's more like a. It's small. What, what would you say it's like? That, um, 
almost like a little fried minute steak or something kind of, or fried piece of sausage has been battered. Baby, you don't really, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's crispy and it's meat based with soy and you eat it with a pickle, onion and mustard and they're delicious. Yeah. They don't sound, they have a big slug burger festival in Corinth, Mississippi. It's like the home of it. Yeah. There's a, like a Borgrams grocery or pharmacy that's up there. It's like an old soda fountain pharmacy. Still, still there, go there and get your uh, Johnson's liver pills or whatever. <laughs> get your slug burgers and get you a hand hand spun milkshake. <laughs> Coke in a bottle. Yeah, there's white. Uh, there's another one up there called the White Trolley that we always go to. It's a little. I've tried them like several different car. kinds. You hate them. They're just. You want to get fancy, get cheese on it. That's why the mustard's. That's why you put the mustard on it. <laughs> They're dry and crunchy and a little flavorless. Yeah. So first you'd want to like. Where's the mayonnaise? I put mayonnaise on one. You don't eat mayonnaise on a slug burger? <laughs> That's blasphemy. It didn't help it. it did. So it's a it's either you were raised on them and love them or you don't. Yeah, and you can buy that. You can actually buy slug burger meat at a couple of those like I think a Rogers little grocery store up there sells them, and there's probably another one. It's like vein of yeah. sausages. If you grew up on them, you probably yeah. love them. That's or, right. Yeah, I'm good on my crystals. Really? <laughs> you, have, you ever ate, have you ever heard of a slug burger? Nah, it's the first time. Yeah. Oh, really? I, mean, I, mean, I might have to try one. Yeah. I can tell you, my mom's got slug burger meat right now. I, <laughs> I bet she does. Right up here and have a slug burger. Um, so, you know how last week, Tyler, you were talking about the the hot dogs? I do. Uh, they are Fenway Franks. Yes. And I Tyler's been, been uh, already contacted by some people on it or something. Yeah, it was somebody that they, they in posted the in the community and they tagged me in it and they were showing me that they have like Fenway Franks in packs of eight like that they sell at grocery stores. Yeah. I'm assuming up north is probably where you yeah. find them. Like I've been to L.A. They sell Dodger I'll, dogs probably out there. Probably in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a regular hot yeah. dog branded differently, but it's still so cool and I want to try it. Yeah. I looked everywhere. I could not find them available online to like order uh, and ship oh, that's it. so sad because we gotta try them is what i think yeah yeah he's gotta have you can't be a hot dog connoisseur and not <laughs> try gold, gold belly doesn't sell fenway franks i didn't try gold belly yeah they probably do we have to go on hey, have you ever had those v- uh vena like the they do in chicago the like chicago dogs with those are i've ordered those before those are good dogs no, i never tried those Vena dogs yeah they're it's like the original chicago style hot dog i love that's my favorite style hot dog Chicago, it's like salad on a dog. I mean, you put everything. <laughs> it's got a pickle spear on it, little sport peppers, the, the green, bright green relish. It's really, I think, a lot of times they use a lot of green pepper in it instead of making just all pickle. And it's got sesame seeds. Sesame seed on it, and then a little mustard. That's it. Sonic makes one, actually. I've got yeah. Actually Sonic. Really yeah, yeah, I've got Have you had the Sonic? Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. not bad. There was a couple places. Like, there should be this place south or Horn Lake called Wise Guys. It was a Chicago. Some people from Illinois, from Chicago, owned it, and they did awesome Chicago style dogs. But they also did Chicago deep dish pizza. It was legit. It was very good. Took them an hour and a half to make it for you, <laughs> but it was legit. It was my favorite pizza, man. Have you been to Wise Guys? Y- yes, okay. I was. Then they moved and they went out of business. That's so sad. Yeah. There was another Chicago style place out on Bartlett. Yeah, Here I it's took you out far. there, and the guy was like. Don't ask for cat. It was like a hot dog Nazi. Yeah. He had these very mean signs. Rules. Yeah. 
it reminded me of soup Nazi because you yeah, have to this line. Yeah. You're not supposed to make eye contact. Like eye contact, no <laughs> order, no ketchup. Absolutely, <laughs> like, you gotta have all of it ready. It's like, okay, oh, hey, man, chill. That's a little dog. <laughs> I was have to go through all this. I can go to Sam's and get treated. Yeah, but real they had like the son of Frankenstein dog. It was like this monster hot dog. There's like two of the quarter pound dogs put together on a you know big bun, Chicago style. That was good. Um. So what do we have coming up? You got a Father's Day recipe, supposedly. Yeah, I'm doing something for Father's Day. What are you doing for Father's I'm Day? I'm going to get through camp week first. This is a very important holiday to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to rush him. <laughs> You're trying to rush me. To, let me. Let me slow down. Let me enjoy camp week. Then we'll come out with our Father's Day cooking stuff. I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet. <laughs> I right still now, watch- fried catfish sounds good. <laughs> hey, I might change. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, I really don't. I mean, to me, Father's Day is usually give me a steak, give me a beer, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it might be something like that. I might do steak and potatoes or something. Well, let's make Michael do the video. I should. He, yeah, turn that <laughs> he's got to cook for you. <laughs> he can cook a mean steak now. Yeah, he he, he knows how to cook a steak. Cause he he's on a fried trout now. Yeah, he was in the he would cook steak competitions with us. So. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he can cook a good steak. We got Father's Day at the shop coming up. That's going to be Thursday night. That's going to be. We're going to do some. We're going to cook some Next steaks Thursday. and do, do some different stuff, dad type stuff. Uh, Sampling it's our, be a our after hours, right? It's not going to be during the day. No, it's four to seven. Yeah, because people got to get off work. It's Thursday night. You know, On the seventeenth, get some June ideas. 17th. Get some ideas for Father's Day. Come and do some sampling. Yep. Do you shopping? You need to buy dad a gift. And on June 26th, Saturday 26th. Wienerfest 21. <laughs> so it turns out I've been smell- misspelling Wienerfest on all the stuff. <laughs> Katie emailed me today. Did y'all not double check how to spell Wiener? <laughs> <laughs> what <is> the- <laughs> Oh, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Who, who cares? I have for you, except after C. They yeah. had sent me a graphic that was misspelled, and then they sent me the other graphic, but I just had used, started using that. So, one. did we get all this stuff ordered that's all misspelled? No. They caught it. It's only the stuff that I've been putting out on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that don't so surprise me. Nobody said you're a spelling major. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch it. Wienerfest. So how do you? So how are you spelling it? I e or e i? Hold on. At least if there already is a Wienerfest out there, they can't sue us. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Okay. Katie said. Uh, is it e i n e r? It is i e. Okay. It is in fact i e. Okay. It's W I E. Katie said her and Cheyenne checked multiple places to make sure they were spelling it, and it is in fact W I E N E R. Huh. I've been using E I. Yeah. How do they spell it in Arkansas? <laughs> Look up Wiener, Arkansas. That's where, <laughs> <laughs> that's where KO lives. I just thought they liked hot dogs there. Don't get me wrong. I always call yeah. them dogs, I don't call them wieners. So I got to update all our graphics. <laughs> What if you just W E E N E R S? Wiener. Would you like some? That makes wiener? sense because it's a German, and, and that that would be that more Wiener. Yeah, but it's probably not Wiener. That's just like a redneck way to say it. <laughs> it's probably a Wiener. Wiener. Yeah, Wiener Google or something. Wiener. That's but that's what we got coming well, we up. We can change it to Frankfurter 
Frank Furterfest. Frank Furterfest. <laughs> Frank and Fred. We've already got Wienerfest shirts made up. Okay. Dukers <laughs> wants a couple of them. He sent me a text. I want to know if there's going to be a shirt. Steve Cheney sent me one, so we should have done Utah Give Me Two. Some kind of way. It was like this graphic, you know, give me two dogs, I guess. Oh. Um. Yeah, so... It's going to be crazy. I can't wait for a beer fest. Winter when is fest? When's beer October. fest? October. <laughs> <laughs> do we don't sponsor a beer fest. We don't sponsor a beer fest. Why right? can't we? That's private. We can cook with beer. <laughs> That's we true. We could do brats. We could do, man, we could do a big old vat of beer brats. Hosting one in my back office. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We could do it internally, but I don't know about. We can't call it beer fest, but we could call it Oktoberfest. That would be fun. Yeah, it would. This is where magic happens. The podcast, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Well, I have notes. He would uh, come up with his Father's Day recipe. Um, that's camp camp week. Just give me camp. <laughs> I've been waiting two years for camp week. There wasn't a camp last year. This year it's starting out. It so yesterday I did get to go watch two baseball games. Yep. That was great. Got we to pull the, the rebel. Got to pull the rebels through. Got a to set up Windy City. They had Miller Lights for dollar seventy five bottle. Wow! And I was blown away. We got what wings were fifty cents. Mm-hmm. Our wings were pretty daggum good. Mm-hmm. We had some cheese. T- we watched two baseball games. So we had some wings. We had some cheese sticks. We had some loaded fries, and we drank all the Miller Light bottles we could probably stand. Our tab was only like forty five dollars. Wow! <laughs> we got the tab. I was like, this can't be right. I mean, there's, a, there's no way. <laughs> this is way too cheap because we've been sitting there for probably I don't know five hours. No, it was four like hours. three. It's, I mean, we so we watched part of the Ole Miss game at home and then ran up there because there was all kinds of stuff going, rain delays and everything. It was a long game, but then we watched the whole Arkansas game. Most of it, yeah. yeah the whole game. Well, they they joined it because yeah. it started. Before the Ole Miss game was we over. We started watching it in the third inning, I think. Yeah. Second. But, but because bottom of the Miss second. Game, yeah. or the, but anyway, we watched, the third. I, we watched two baseball games. Yeah. Didn't drink too much beer. No, I don't know how many it was, but it was only $45 total. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have been too many. But yeah, see? That was, and that that, was so that, that's a great start. way to start the camp week. That's a start. We got to come in strong now the rest of the week. So what's your next plan? I got to see who's playing ball tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Redbirds playing. There's probably going to be some Como Steakhouse in there somewhere. Yep. We'll go to Como. That's my one request. Is I yeah. want a good steak. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to Como, <laughs> and then I'll probably cook you steak later. <laughs> in the week. That'll work. We're recording this one a little early, so because it can't wait. Because it can't wait. If anybody doesn't know, if you want to know when Camp Week is, y'all send me an email, and I'll tell you when to start celebrating. <laughs> just get a whole week. Go as crazy as you can. Get rid of your kids. Get rid of your kids and go crazy. <laughs> do everything you want to do all year without sans kids. <laughs> Mine's in like a – it's like a week and a half. My wife has taken the two kids to South Carolina to see oh, her sister. Camp week? So I'm just by myself hey, like for the yeah, first time I, since I, I got oh, married. You're not going to know what to do. <laughs> you're you're gonna end up sitting home eating Cheetos playing video games. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I remember those days. It's like well, I'm free, but you really you're too scared to do things. <laughs> what if I go to jail? Yeah. <laughs> I better just stay home. Ben's watch something, eat Cheetos. <laughs> I'd go crazy by myself though. Yeah, you like I like to be by myself. Malcolm needs to. Uh, yeah, I can't stand it. <laughs> Solitary confinement will kill me. <laughs> I got to have somebody to talk to. Myself just don't get it done. 
for real. <laughs> well, that's all I had this week. Let's wrap this up so you can uh, get back to your camp. Get back to camp. Yeah. All right. We had to come in and knock out a few tasks in the there office you today. You might not see us for the rest of the week, though. And you're in a hurry, I know, to go try these blue plate no products. I've heard a rumor that they're cooking hot dogs in the back there. They're warming up for Winterfest. <laughs> <laughs> Winterfest warm up today. All they told me was suit up. So. Suit up. <laughs> <laughs> suit up. All right. Well, Shell, tell everybody where they could find us if they don't know. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube and now TikTok. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Tyler. If you'd like to connect with me, it's TikTok <laughs> underscore Tyler at Instagram.com. That's right. All right. Hit us up on the community too. Yeah. Join the community, download the app, help us raise money for Palmer Home. <laughs> <laughs> we will see y'all next time. Y'all enjoy Camp Week. <laughs>